All right, welcome back to the Tank Me Later podcast, which is part of Fantasy Basketball International. This is episode 38, and for this one, I'm going to be evaluating some trades that have gone down in some dynasty leagues. So let's get into it. So if you follow me on Twitter, uh, which you can see if you're watching at NoRuben22, I posted ooh, about 12 hours ago, um, just like right before I went to bed, and just saying, hey, just uh, send me any trades that have gone down in your dynasty leagues recently. I'm going to be evaluating them. And so that's what we're here to do. Um, a few have even come in since I made the slides for this, so I'm not going to get to every single one. That was sent in, but most of them and the other ones I might go back in on Twitter and reply to. Um, but yeah, so I got, I think, 31 trades to go through. So some of them, it may be quick hitters like, yeah, this is an obvious winner. Let's move on. Let's not harp on it too much. Some of these I might spend a little bit more time on. A couple of them are from leagues I'm in, so I may add a little bit of additional context. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and bring up the first one, which is from Point Made Basketball. On Twitter, um, they do really good dynasty content, redraft content as well, I believe. Um, but they sent in before. I just gotta make sure. So it's not like I just don't know what I'm talking about. They do redraft stuff. Yeah, they do. Okay, cool. Yeah, they definitely do redraft stuff as well. Um, but also one of some of the best dynasty content that there is. Um, so they sent in two trades. The first one's a 16-team salary cap points league. Team one gets Jalen Green and a 2025 first. Team two gets Steph Curry, uh, both players on similar salary and for two years. So um, to me, this one is pretty easily Steph. I think I'd much rather have um, Steph than Jalen Green over the next two years. I think if this was kind of like a, you know, a regular dynasty league and you were saying, you know, it's Steph until he retires, then Jalen Green until he retires, then maybe you could even it out a little bit. But even then, I'm a little bit lower on Jalen Green than most people, so I'd much rather have Steph. The 2025 first does make it a little bit interesting. Um, I don't know all the specifics of this league, but I think – let me see. Actually, that was a different uh, salary lead that sent in. I don't know if rookies have five-year contracts, three-year contracts, how much money they require – uh, for that, so that could impact that first. But if that's an early first with a chance at Cooper Flag, and this team is looking to rebuild, then I understand taking Jalen Green in the first for Steph. If you're not ready to win, there's no reason to have Steph on your team. Get what value you can. It also is a points leak. I need to remember that, um, which definitely helps out um, getting or valuing Jalen Green a little bit better in points leagues and category leagues. Um, but yeah, I think I'd much rather have Steph in this scenario, barring the chance that it's Cooper flag with that pick. Um, we don't really, I mean, I haven't looked into it enough to know if there's a ton of other really good prospects in that draft. I know Cooper flag is the, the guy might, we'll probably start looking into that class a little bit more at this time next year, maybe a little bit earlier than that. But um, Cooper flag is the guy for that class. If you can get him with that pick, then I think it, evens out slash maybe leans towards that side, but that would be having to guarantee the number one overall pick. And I don't know that that really does that here. So I'll say Steph Curry with this, uh, the second trade in that league. Um, and this was, uh, the same guy that, um, made the trade to get Steph and, uh, Deandre Ayton in this case of trading away Christian Wood and a first to get Ayton. Um, assuming this is a win now move, I think, combining these two trades together, make it look even better. Like having Aiton and Steph versus Jalen Green, Christian Wood and two firsts, especially now probably considering that those firsts are going to be later picks in, in the draft or in the first round um, in a 16 team league, I would much rather have Aiton than Wood. Um, Christian Wood really doesn't hold any value for me. And the fact that the money is the exact same as well. So it's not like you're having to pay a ton extra of your salary cap. Uh, to get a better player, just having to give up one first in a 16-team league, which, you know, could still end up being a really good player. But 
Um, if it's a later one, which it should be with Steph and Aiton adding to this team, I'd rather have Aiton. Um, this next one, 10-team head-to-head nine-cat, not head-cat. Uh, team one gets Jakob Pertl and Patrick Williams. Team two gets Cam Thomas and a 2025 first-round pick. Uh, for me, I'm pretty low on Patrick Williams and have never really liked him. He may be a guy where if he lands in a different situation, then things work out a little bit better for him. Um, but as of right now, I'm not really valuing him much at all. Cam Thomas has been on a tear. Um, so I think uh, 2025 first and a 10 team is an even better chance of getting a top overall pick. I would probably lean team two in this scenario. Um, Jakob Pertl is probably the best player. <sighs> Maybe not best player right now because Cam Thomas has been phenomenal when he's been on the floor. I know he's been injured the past like week or so. Um, but he's more of a win now piece just really struggles with the free throw percentage. So maybe depending on punt strategies, Jakob Pertl could make it fit, but I think I would definitely lean towards Cam Thomas and the 2025 first in this scenario. Uh, cause Cam Thomas is playing phenomenal. He's still young, but you also arguably have the best asset in the deal in the 2025 first, depending on how early or late it is, but in a 10 team league, it'll probably be, should be a pretty good player. And then from that same league, uh, Drew Holiday and Andrew Nemard, Nemhart for uh, Keegan Murray and a 2025 first. I'm going to just, because I always do this. How do I pronounce Andrew? Nimhard. Okay, sorry. I know I've even looked that up before and I totally forgot. Uh, Andrew Nimhard. There we go. Um, Andrew Holiday for Keegan Murray and a first. Um, again, I think this kind of depends on team direction a little bit um, and like punt strategies, but I would rather have Keegan Murray in the first um, because Keegan Murray has been awesome this year uh, so far and getting that first chance at Cooper flag. And if this is the same team, I'm not sure that it is, um, but if it's the same person getting Keegan Murray, Cam Thomas, and two 2025 firsts, then I like that even more. Let me see if I can find that original tweet um, to see if there was any added context with that one. Um, and doo -doo -doo. Yeah, nothing really added in there to know whether which team it was, but uh, I'd still take Keegan Murray in the 2025 first here. Just uh, Drew Holiday's getting a little bit older, like he's still really, really good. So it could be considered more of a win-now move, but Nimhard doesn't hold a ton of value for me, and especially in a 10-team league. Um, I think maybe if you get into like a 30-team a dynasty league, 20-team, like he holds a little bit more value just because you need more depth in the, that case. But if it's a 10-team head-to-head nine-cat, um, his value is significantly lower to me um, and really is kind of like, oh, he's a streaming option when Halliburton's out. Um, sleeper points league, uh, team one gets Tyler hero and Devin Vassell team two gets LaMelo ball. This is, Ooh, this is probably relatively even for me. I think I would probably lean towards LaMelo just because I prefer being the one in a two for one trade. Um, unless uh, I guess the only way it wouldn't be is if it's like player and picks, but I think if it's two players for a player, generally I want the one player, um, Looking at this as well, we know how Sleeper operates. Uh, it's not traditional fantasy basketball. It's game pick, so you choose one game per week. So, you know, I don't really like the way they run it, but that's the way they run it. It's important to know. And then I would just rather have LaMelo um, and add in more stars. Um, but team direction could impact this a little bit. Um, team direction, team team size as well. So, like, how many players are you able to roster? How many teams are in this league? Um, let me see if there was, again, any added context in this one. Um, the tweets all fell out of order from when I was putting them into the slides. Um, just said, okay, so he's getting Hero and Vassell for Lamelo, um, young, and he is the youngest team in the league. So, betting on short term risk for long term benefits so 
Mm, giving up Lamelo for those guys is kind of tough. I do really like Vassell, so I have no problem with trading for him. Uh, Tyler Hero is still really good. It is points league as well. Um, I would still probably prefer to have Lamelo over both these guys, but I can see the justification for it. Um, yeah, points league helps a little as well. So I really don't think that this is dramatically leaning one side either way as well. Like I don't think it is, but I would rather have Lamelo. Um, 10 team keeper league, 12 categories. So they add in field goals made, three point percentage, and free throws made. So team one gets Desmond Bain, Mikhail Bridges, and Jakob Pertle. Team two gets Victor Wembanyama and Jabari Smith. And let me see, because I'm pretty sure this one had some added context. If I can find this, okay. Um, so the guy who got when Benyama is going to kind of rebuild, uh, not try and win this year. And that the team that got Mikhail Bridges and Desmond Bain is still in last place because their team hasn't been very good aside from that. Um, so I think kind of starting over with Wemby and Jabari Smith is a really good way to start over. Like, I think that if you can get Wembenyama you pretty much have to do it. I think that uh, no matter what you do, you're generally going to have to overpay value wise, but I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing because like, even though he hasn't been flawless this first season, like the upside is just too great. Like you'd probably still rank him probably third in dynasty leagues behind Jokic and, and Luca. I think maybe some people would go a little higher, a little lower, but I think my conclusion that I've, that I've kind of been trying to wrap my mind around, make sure like, this is what I actually think. But like, I would rank him third in dynasty leagues, but I think that if I had the number one pick and st was starting up, like I would take him over Jokic or Luka. I just think that's kind of, even if I would value Luka and Jokic higher, I still think he should be the number one pick based on upside, um, age and it gives you kind of a direction to start. I don't know. I think that's kind of what I would go with. So to me, he's top three. Uh, Mikhail Bridges, Desmond Bain are probably pretty easily top 40 dynasty assets. Um, maybe a little higher, a little lower, depending on. I haven't updated my ranking since before the season, so hard to put an exact number to it. I'm not a Jabari Smith fan, but like, He's still a young guy, was just picked number three overall a couple of years ago. So, it's, yeah, like last summer. So the upside is still there. Um, Jakob Pertl is nice um, for some categories, but in this one, like he's not helping some of these extra categories. So he's not really doing anything for your three-point percentage or free throws made. Um, and he's already hurting your – he's not giving you any three-pointers made. He's already hurting your free throw percentage. So that's kind of four categories right there that he's not doing anything for you. So I think the added categories kind of hurt you a little bit. Uh, I guess it's also important to note this is a keeper league. I don't know how many players you get to keep, um, but the idea of keeping Victor Wembanyama and then getting to draft again all next year and keeping Victor Wembanyama his entire time, that's very appealing to me. So I would probably give up some of these guys, say, hey, like even if I don't win this year, like if I get the opportunity to hold on to Wemby and – literally hold on to him for his entire career. I think that's, uh, that's absolutely worth it. So, yeah. And I know I added the other context as well. So, all right. Yeah. I like team two in this scenario, even though you could probably add up the value and say team one, I would prefer team two. 20 team dynasty head to head efficiency. Um, didn't really know what the head to head efficiency part meant. Um, other than just like head to head, maybe it's uh, an effective field goal percentage instead of regular field goal percentage, or maybe a three point percentage instead of three points made. I'm not sure. Um, but it's two years of Amen Thompson versus one year of OG Ananobi. Uh, this one does kind of depend on team direction. Um, but I would think I'd rather have Amen, even though he hasn't really played much yet and he hasn't been great. Um, a year of OG I would only really want if it's like I know I'm pushing for a championship. If not, then I'd rather have Amin Thompson. 
And we've seen what Asar Thompson has done. Amin Thompson hasn't really got to play yet. So kind of hoping that he can get maybe not exactly to what Asar's done, but like kind of similar production, like really good production uh, once he's actually on the court, even if he is kind of coming off the bench this first year, who knows how long that'll last. So um, I'm going to lean the young guy, team two here. And then Trey Young, uh, 33 mil for one year of Trey um, versus five mil for three years of Scoot in a 2024 first. Again, this is all about team direction here. If I'm trying to win now, I'm taking Trey. If I'm trying, if I'm not trying to win now, I'm taking Scoot in the first because getting three years of Scoot, like at that point, like, I mean, Trey's right here. We'll use him as an example. He was not very good his first three months of his career three or four, like he had, yeah, he had flashes, but he really struggled for the most part. The numbers are bad. And then he really turned it on and was awesome over the final few months. So Scoot should get to that point this year, I think. And then two years, the next two years after that, incredible production, in my opinion. Um, and then adding in a first as well just helps a little bit more. But I think if I'm trying to win now this year, Trey fits those categories, uh, even though, the idea of efficiency, you know, field goal percentage and turnovers aren't exactly Trey's strong suit, but again, team direction matters. 12 team nine cat with free throws made, not free throw percentage. Evan Mobley for Alperin Shangun. Um, I've seen them kind of be like some people ranking Shangun above Mobley. I've seen Mobley for the most part ranked above Shangun. I would also agree. I have Mobley above Shangun. Uh, free throws made, not free throw percentage, actually kind of helps both these guys because their free throw percentages aren't very good. Um, so the fact that they're not really hurting you there helps. But I would lean Mobley. I, I'm much higher on him, um, even though they're both really fun, really good talents. I like Mobley. 10-team, 9-cat dynasty, head-to-head. I know that this one had some added context, so let me try and find this tweet. Um Ten, okay, so Jalen Brown for Kyle Kuzma, Herb Jones, and Brandon Miller. The team that got Jalen Brown is in a rebuild, but is maybe trying to jumpstart it because they just flipped Giannis for LaMelo and Picks, um, which, great trade. Giannis for LaMelo and Picks, great trade. Um, and then the team that got Kuz, Herb Jones, and Brandon Miller made the championship last year but needed some extra defensive stats. Heads Herb Jones. Don't know about Kyle Kuzma there. Punting turnovers, that's where you get Kuzma uh, in there as well. Um, I don't hate it. I, I mean, I think I would probably go with Team 2 here. Um, team 1 seems to not really have an idea of what they want to do. Um, just trying to get guys or get good players, that's fine. Uh, sometimes it works out well, but I think Team 2 seems to have a little bit more of a direction, so... Um, I do like saying, okay, like need the extra defensive stats. Let's go get our Jones. Like what's his, he's been like a, a third round player this year. Something like that. He's been really good um, value wise. Let me see. Yeah. Third round player. Uh, Basketball monster has him 28th, um, which is better than Jalen Brown. And you know, flipping Giannis for LaMelo and picks. I don't love that. And then, taking multiple players and going for Jalen Brown, kind of a, you know, back and forth team right there. But I think getting, like it's a, it's a relatively even trade value wise, even though Jalen Brown has been a little bit down this year, Herb Jones has been way up. Um, and Brandon Miller looks a lot more promising than I think a lot of people had the idea of him um, being. So I would lean team two for that reason, though having Jalen Brown, the mellow, and picks like gives you things to work with. So might, might work out. Okay. Uh, for both teams, 30 team, 165, $165 million real salary cap, nine cat team. One gets LaMelo team. Two gets giddy care silver and a 2024 first. Um, I think I'm leaning LaMelo here. I know that his like salary hit cap hit would is about to go up. Um, but I, I don't know. Josh Giddy has kind of worried me a little bit. I was pretty high on him coming into this year, and he's kind of struggled. Karis Levert's fine. Like, he's not really moving the needle for me. Um, 30 team, it does value. Like, I would value him a little higher than, like, in a 10, 12 team league. Um, but still not great just because 
And he's just he's a solid player. He's a solid player. Um, and then the 2024 first and the 10 to 20 range, that it's a pretty big range. I mean, obviously that impacts things a lot as well. But if you're getting LaMelo, I'm assuming that's going to be closer to the 20 range. Um, if you're giving up Josh Giddy and Karis LeVert, I'm assuming LaMelo is going to help you out more than both of those guys this year. Um, so, yeah, okay, so this, I'm just looking at the tweet now, also said he received LaMelo. Uh, the next best players are Murray, which I don't know if that's Jamal or DeJounte, uh, but relatively even. Um, I don't know the exact t- salaries off the top of my head, but I think Jamal Murray makes it a little bit more, but not much more. Alperin Shingun, Markel Fultz, Derek White was trying to consolidate mid-guys to a heavy hitter, and I think you did that very well. So stars win. Um, if you can stay healthy in a 30-team league, then you have all these pieces. Um, just looking at it, whether it's DeJounte or Jamal Murray, um, if you can get a little health there, if it is Jamal Murray, adding in Lamella with Shengun, Fultz, Derek White, like that's a really good team in a 30-team uh, dynasty league. So I like the move. Um, this is a 30-team, nine-cat, uh, Joel Embiid for three late firsts. And I, I feel a little bit of the frustration with the late firsts, like, they could just be first. They might not be late first, but I think what happened here was somebody traded uh, somebody that was maybe already a pretty good team traded three. Why we're saying late firsts uh, for Joel Embiid and probably the league got mad. And I understand that because those three late firsts, assuming you're adding Joel Embiid to a good team in a 30 team league, which doesn't take much um, adding an Embiid makes your team hard to beat. So those probably are going to be late firsts. And while you could get lucky and strike gold, you're probably going to lose that trade pretty dramatically. However, I understand the idea of, oh, my team only has MB. The rest of it isn't very good. I'm going to trade him for picks. If you look back at it, it's bad. But you also got to remember that helps you get um, earlier picks, like with your own picks, like, drafting a little earlier because your team's going to be worse. But overall, like the Embiid, that's a massive W for the team that got Embiid for just three firsts in a 30-team league because, again, like crazy things happen. Injuries happen. Players just have bad games. Teams just run into other teams that and that get lucky, and they have guys have big performances. So nothing's guaranteed, but pretty safe to say that I would assume those are late firsts. So um yeah Embiid. <laughs> 12 team espn points league uh team one gets Giannis. team two gets rudy gobert kyrie irving and bradley beal Ooh, this one is kind of interesting because you know Giannis in a points league is usually one of if not the best player but he is a little bit limited in espn points league because of the way they run their scoring if it's ESPN standard, which it says it is, um, then it ends up being like losing points for missed free throws and missed shots. So field goal percentage and free throw percentage matter more in ESPN points leagues than other points leagues. Um, so it does limit Giannis a little bit. And getting three guys in Gobert, Kyrie, and Bradley Beal in a 12 team league, I think really helps. Like normally I prefer to be the one in a two for one, but in a three for one where it's you know, it looks a little worse, I think, with Beal missing time. But I think I would actually ra- ra- rather have Beal, Kyrie, and Gobert. Um, that might be the, just the price you have to pay for Giannis. But I think, especially if you're adding in that extra depth in a 12-team, like, I think that could end up helping more than just having Giannis. Um, I think if it was two of, like, if it was Gobert and Kyrie, it would probably be the best of that. I don't think I would do that for Giannis. I think I prefer Giannis, but getting all three. But then also factoring in Bradley Beal's injury. Who knows how long he's going to miss. It seems like a few more weeks. Um, It's pretty even. I think I would rather have Kyrie go bare and Bradley Beal, though. Um, But how the rest of the team looks also matters as well. Um, And that also is just assuming that this is a dynasty league. Um, is it doesn't necessarily specify and it's on ESPN. So assuming it's dynasty league, it also says that it happened two weeks ago. So maybe 
Uh, Beal was about to be back then. I don't think he had played yet, but he played like one or two games or something, or barely, like like three, and then got hurt again. I was out a few more weeks, so that that impacts us a little bit as well. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to take the uh, the three and the three for one. Uh, Thirty team nine cat salary league. Angle Fantasy Basketball is not making this one easy on me. They they uh, went with the deep cuts here. Um, 30-team, 9-cat salary league. Cam Johnson and Isaiah Joe for Moses Moody, Al Horford, and Trey Jones. <sighs> Everybody else is doing uh, the big, big blockbuster trades, and you guys hit the deep cut that I have to really think about. Um, Moses Moody isn't... I still like his talent. Maybe it'll work out somewhere else. It doesn't seem like it's going to work out in Golden State. Al Horford, yes, he just played really well the other night against um, Philly. But for the most part, he hasn't done much this year. And Trey Jones is a sixth man. He's still been good for a sixth man, but don't love that. I think I would take the uh, team one just for the idea of getting Cam Johnson here. Um Isaiah Joe, great, gives you three. It's not really too concerned about him um, and how this trade goes. Um, but, yeah, I think I would lean team one in this one. Um, Moses Moody landing in a different scenario and panning out would change things, but I think right now I'm, i got to lean team one. Um, this one's from Rep Bauer. I'm in this league, but 30 team, nine cat weekly lineups. This is his punt intended league. Um, so I'll try and see if I can add a little bit more context here. So this is team one gets Anthony Edwards team two gets, um, team two gets, uh, Darius Garland, Franz Wagner and a 2024 second. That's what I'm looking. I'm looking at the wrong league. Um, so let's see the team that got Anthony Edwards now has Cole Anthony, Gordon Hayward, Austin Reeves, Nas Reed, Camp Johnson. Okay. And let me see what their record is. They are 23 and 30 and one, which is 23rd in this league. And they are currently, let's see what they're doing, losing one of their games three to five, three, five, one um, in one of them. And let's see if I can find the other one, one to eight. So kind of looking at more of, you know, probably a lottery team based on how it's kind of going for them thus far. And giving up that second isn't ideal, but getting Anthony Edwards can't really complain. Um, and then the other team in this trade, let me just see real quick, that got Anthony Edwards is 22 and 32, so right below them, 24th. And I think losing both their matchups as well. So two teams that are probably going to be picking kind of early um, in the draft, this upcoming draft. Um, I think I'd prefer to get Darius Garland, Franz Wagner in a second. Anthony Edwards is obviously the best player in this trade. Uh, but getting Garland, who is pretty much a consensus top 20 dynasty player, whereas Anthony Edwards probably falls around eight or nine for me. Um, and then adding in Franz Wagner, who I don't think his stat set or like this the stat output is ever going to match just how good he actually is on the court and how much upside he actually has but who knows like maybe the stats will come to the point where he's showing exactly how good he is through his fantasy output not really convinced there but um i think having two like getting both of those guys in a 30 team league where depth is a little bit more important um i think i'd rather have them plus the flyer with the 2024 second the, the, 2024 second, um, though it should be pretty early based on how these teams have played so far. Um, I think it's not really moving the needle for me, but it is a little dart throw there. So, you know, maybe it, it slightly bumps the needle, but if it's 
it's not changing the idea of the trade. Like, I'm not going to say, oh, you wait, you got a 2024 20, second as well. Oh, dude, you want to trade? Like, that's it's not moving the needle that much. It's a nice start there, though. So I think I'd rather have Garland and Franz Wagner here. Um, Dynasty Dizzle, 18-team Dynasty head, head lock-in. I'm assuming that's like a game pick format. Um, let me see. He also had a ton of trades because it sounds like this uh, league is very active. Um, but this one he sent in was he gets the 2024 and 2025 firsts for Jabari Smith, a second and a third. Um, I like that. Like I said earlier, I'm not super high on Jabari Smith. Um, and getting the 2024, 2025 firsts, even if maybe it does impact a little bit if they're mid to late first in an 18 team league. I think I might. If it's a chance that one of those gets bumped to early or you just draft well and are able to get a really good player, then maybe that. But even if Jabari Smith is probably not a top three player in a redraft, off the top of my head, maybe he is. Maybe look at that draft real quick. I feel like he's not. Um. Maybe he is. Uh, I would probably go Paolo and Cheddar one and two for sure. Not necessarily not order, but one and two. Um, I might rather have Keegan Murray over Jabari Smith. Maybe. Ugh. I think from a, from a fantasy perspective, I think I'd I'd rather have Jalen Williams and Kessler over over Jabari Smith pretty easily. So yeah. He's probably like in fantasy, like six ish in that redraft. So still really good upside, but personally, I'm not as high on him. I'd rather have the picks. Um, but, you know, if you're a believer in Jabari Smith, like I understand giving up two firsts for him, like it's totally fine. So, all right. This next one is. Uh, eight-team sleeper dynasty. Oh, this one was fun. Um, the, the team... Okay, so it says the top team is the contender, and the bottom team is middle of the pack to lower tier. So I'm assuming this means that the team that is a contender is getting LaMelo Ball, Scotty Barnes, two firsts and a second for Desmond Bain, Jalen Duran, and Jalen Green. Even if it's the other way around, I think this is one where like it doesn't really matter the team direction. Uh, team one wins regardless. Like if you're trying to win now, cool. Scotty Barnes has been the best player in fantasy basketball that's in this trade, and Lamelo Ball still has the most upside. Like Desmond Bain's been great. Jalen Duran's been really good, um, like much better than expected. Jalen Green, I'm a little lower on, but show, is showing improvement. Um, I'd rather have Lamelo and Scotty Barnes. I think it might be a relatively even trade, though I'd still prefer the Melo and Scotty without the picks. And then you're adding in two firsts and a second in an eight-team league. 2026 could be Cam Boozer. Like, I think Team 1 wins this one pretty easily, uh, regardless of team direction. All right, so this is a six-team dynasty on Sleeper. That just makes me, like... Smile. I think that's so fun. Six team. Like, what I like, it's hard. Like, you would do that with strangers. This has to be with friends. But um, six teams on Sleeper, which is their game pick format. Um, the trade was Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, Pascal Siakam, Nick Claxton, Josh Giddy, Keegan Murray, a 2024 second, a 2025 third, and a 2026 third. Four, Desmond Bain, Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes, Asar Thompson. Now, we can talk about who won this trade or who I think won this trade. We will. But I think this is going to be my little rant for this episode. Maybe maybe not my last rant, but a little rant that I've, I want to make. And I've, I think I've made it one other time. And I've definitely – I've even reached out to Sleeper about it. If Sleeper did regular fantasy basketball, like nobody would play on other apps. Like they, if they just said, Hey, sure. We have our game pick format, but also if you really want to play just like normal fantasy basketball, do it. I would play every league on there. 
I love it for football. You don't see trades like this in on other apps nearly as often, but it's the aesthetic of the sleeper app that just makes everything so easy to use. Like Fantrax is like, there's more features on Fantrax, I think, than on sleeper. Like you can customize Fantrax like no other app. Like it's awesome for that. However, it it feels like, I don't know, but like, an, like a, the Android versus in my opinion, Sleeper is the Apple. And it's funny because some of my friends used to say that Sleeper was Android and the NFL app was Apple for um, fantasy football, which again, like that aside, uh, Sleeper is, I mean, it looks even prettier than it used to as well, but the ease of use on the app is like, you, you don't find that in other apps. Every other app is either glitchy or just slow or just it's confusing it doesn't look as nice like sleepers just look so good and so you're not really going to see like i've always felt that my leagues that are on sleeper like there are more trades just because it's so easy to do for this is obviously fantasy football i don't play fantasy basketball on sleeper because i don't want to you know make the decision every week and i understand what they're trying to do because so much of fantasy basketball comes down to games played in head-to-head leagues like it, it just does um and, you know, part of being a good manager is maximizing your games played. So, like, I understand trying to counteract that by just saying, hey, you pick one game. But, like, I get it, and it's fine for it to be an option. But if we could just have it to where it's, like, you can also just do regular fantasy basketball. I play every league on there. And I really think that people, more people should push for Sleeper to do normal fantasy basketball because they're already – like pretty much dominating fantasy football. Like I know other people use other apps and it's probably more about familiarity. I don't, and again, I don't like go out and look for this, but I don't think I've seen anybody say like, I don't like sleeper because of this. Like it's just that they haven't tried it. And once you try it, you're like, Oh wait, this actually makes so much more sense because the trading's easier. Picking up players is easier. The, um, there's so many more features that they add in there. Everything is, is smooth. The, the app is the best fantasy app there is, but it's hard to do fantasy basketball unless you're okay with the game pick format. Maybe some people like that. Um, it's just not for me. I think that there's other ways to, um, prevent it from just being games played. However, I think part of fantasy basketball is just setting your lineup. So yes, you can get screwed by a two game week, but okay. Um, what we've been doing in the uh, industry pickup league is four games per position per week. So you get, you know, it's point guard, shooting guard, guard, small four, power four, et cetera. You can, you get four games played at each position per week. I think that helps because it maxes out 40 games played. I wouldn't be opposed to just 40 games played as opposed to four at each position. Cause I think that I'm trying to have to finagle my lineup at times to make it work a little bit better, but um, I think that there's other options that are better than game pick. And the fact that it's limited to game pick, I think limits how many people are going to play fantasy basketball. Also, I don't think you can do category leagues on there. I could be wrong, but I think it's just points league. So if they just do category leagues and regular fantasy basketball lineups, like there isn't a better app. So that's my little sleeper rant. As far as the trade, I would rather have Bane, Mobley, Scotty Barnes, and Asar Thompson. Um, Still love Claxton, Giddy, Keegan's upside. Um, Beal, KD, Siakam are better win now pieces. In a six-team league, the picks are going to have a lot more value um, than in a 12-team, obviously. But, um, man, yeah, I'd rather have Mobley, Scotty, and Asar is a pretty deadly trio right there. And obviously, Bane is still incredible as well. But the other three have, like, top 10 upside. And Scotty Barnes is already almost – producing i think borderline first round value so i'm going to take the bottom even if uh the top is able to kind of do like a a win now slash future trade like getting picks and young guys also getting win now guys like i think it's kind of hard to lose a trade to 16 league if i'm being very honest but um i prefer the bottom team too 12 team nine cap markel fultz for a late first don't remember if there was any context with this one, but I'm going to prefer Fultz in this. Let me see if I can find, see if there's any extra context. 
Um, strong contender need of assistance seals trading with a tanking team. Sounds like a win-win to me. Cool. Um, 10 team sleeper, uh, Anthony Edwards for Jamal Murray and Kyle Kuzma. I'm taking Anthony Edwards in this one. Um, yeah, even though Jamal Murray and Kyle Kuzma are both really good Kuzma more so for points leagues, I'm going to take Anthony Edwards. Kevin Durant for DeAndre Ayton, Danny Abdija, Tari Eason, and two firsts. This one, I think I would take the bottom. Um, I think taking the top in a win-now scenario makes sense. Uh, you do have to give up a haul to get Kevin Durant. However, if it's a early 2025 first and a late 2026 first, that could be Cooper Flag. And I think, you know, it's not a guarantee, but it's a 10-team early one, so it's got to be – Early means, in my opinion, top three if it's 10-team. Four to seven would be mid. Eight to ten would be late. That's kind of the numbers that go through my mind. So I think I would take the bottom unless, like, but like also giving up all that to get Kevin Durant to try and win now makes sense. All right, this one is from the league that I'm uh, running, the Tank Me Later 30-team league, which is the only one as of now, and got to be honest, it's probably the only one I'm planning to do. Um, but we'll see. Maybe things will change. Maybe I'll get bored this summer. Um, so this is uh, Saturday Club on Twitter. Um, man, so he really sent in these trades just to have me, like, brag on him and, like, the moves that he made. I'm going to show you. This. this is a two-parter. So this first trade, Tyrese Maxey, he got for Wendell Carter – and two firsts, 30-team league. This happened in July, June or July. Hold on, let me let me pull it up because I had to – because when I saw this, when he sent this in, I was like, wait, this happened? And then I had to look back. I was like, wow, that's because it didn't happen back-to-back. This trade happened in July, late July, um, which I think, if I'm not mistaken, was pretty shortly after the draft ended. Or maybe even during the draft. I don't know. I think it was after because we didn't have trades during the draft. Then, so again, as of right now, looks like a pretty easy W for Tyrese Maxey, especially if I include that so he gave up the two firsts. And I think he has the third best record in the league right now. So late firsts and Wendell Carter for Tyrese Maxey. Pretty easy W, right? Well, then he flipped Tyrese Maxey and Killian Hayes for SGA and Nikhil Alexander Walker. Um, Earlier this week. Yeah, it wasn't yesterday. It was earlier this week. And because when he sent it in, I thought, wait, SGA for Tyrese Maxey? And then I had to go back and look. I was like, shoot, he really did pull that off at 1 a.m. Anyways, um, the Tyrese Maxey hype, I think, is something that I'm not as on board with as just about anybody else. I've seen him ranked top 20 dynasty. I've seen him ranked top 20 basketball players. And I think uh, that was Kevin O'Connor's list from the ringer. And I'm just, I think it's easy to fall victim to the moment. I think he has received, he should be rising up rankings. He should be. He has been incredible so far. But if we look at his numbers, also this is just a, a byproduct of the opportunity. Like he's been better this year, obviously. He's a top, he's sixth in nine cat leagues. Um, on Basketball Monster. Um, averaging 26.9 points, which is 6.6, up up 6.6 from last year, up 2.1 rebounds, up 3.3 assists. Um, averaging almost a block per game after averaging 0.1 last year. So no idea if that's going to stick or not, but it's really boosted his value. Free throw percentage, he's shooting 95% on free throws this year after shooting 84.5 last year. So... I think for me, are we expecting all of this to stick? Could he continue to average 27 points and seven assists, five boards? Yeah, I think he can. Um, the field goal percentage isn't like it's not like he's shooting 60%. That's why his value's up. The free throw percentage is definitely helping. I wouldn't be shocked if it drops. Um, a 10 percentage point bump obviously helps your value. Um, also, going from non-existent in providing blocks to nearly a block per game definitely helps. Are we going to assume that the 6'2 guard is going to continue to average a block per game? I don't think so. 
Now, could he and just make me look like an idiot? Maybe. In which case, sure. Um, he's also playing 38 minutes per game. I think that's kind of a Nick Nurse thing is when he's able to, he plays his starters heavy minutes. So I don't think that's necessarily going anywhere, which definitely helps his value. However, I think he had the 50-point game, and he's had some other really, really good games. Um, I haven't done a deep dive, but looking through the, the film, a lot of it is a byproduct of the two-man game with him and Joel Embiid, whether it's a handoff or just a pick and roll. Um, he's getting a lot of shots out of defenses having to worry about Embiid or getting assists to Embiid um, out of the pick and roll. Still a really good player. Um, doing well with his opportunity. Like, it's not like, oh, he's only doing well because Joel Embiid. Well, like, he still has to play well. So, like, that's like, he's still really good. Um, I think I would lean closer to him being like top 30 ish in Dynasty. Um, probably not top 20 for me yet. Um, so I'd much rather have SGA than Tyrese Maxey. I don't think they're on the same. I think SGA is a tier or two above him. And maybe Killian Hayes over Nikhil Alexander-Walker, but it's not like Killian Hayes is a difference maker for me. So back-to-back good trades for Saturday Club. Um, getting Turning Wendell Carter into first into SGA. Great job. Um, this 12-team 9-cat head-to-head, Luca and Jared Jackson for Jason Tatum and Demonis Sabonis. I like Team 1. I'm Luca over Tatum. And probably Jaron Jackson over Sabonis in Dynasty just because he's younger. Um, yeah, pretty easy team one for me. Giannis and Zion for Jason Tatum. This is a, this is team one for me as well. I think, uh, Zion has his health issues. Um, but when he's on the court, he one compliments Giannis very well. Like we know we're punting free throws when we know we're punting threes, probably turnovers. We're punting three categories. And we're really strong with points, rebounds and field goal percentage. Um, decent assist numbers from forwards. So we just need to figure out steals, blocks, assists, really. And we should win six categories pretty much every week. Um, so I like team one in this, um, especially if you're able to figure out uh, the team building around that that duo. Evan Mobley, Tobias Harris, and Jay Crowder. I think this one did have some context, if I remember, from Twitter. Um, for Zach Levine, Brooke Lopez, and Austin Reeves. Um, let me see if I can find this tweet. Um, okay, so he said he's punting rebounds and blocks, which is why I thought Brooke would help as a center more than Mobley. Um, I half agree. Uh, Brooke Lopez isn't as good of a rebounder, but he's one of the best shot blockers in the league. So you may not be maximizing his skill set if you're punting blocks. Um, and in this scenario, again, assuming it's Dynasty, um, I'd prefer to have Evan Mobley and then Tobias Harris, Jay Crowder. Crowder doesn't mean anything to me in this trade. Solid role player, uh, but in a 14-team league, he's probably not going to see – maybe he'll see the lineup if it's like head-to-head daily. Um, but not really moving the needle for me. Um, Mobley's the best player in this trade by far in Dynasty. Tobias Harris has been awesome this year. Zach Levine has not. Brooke Lopez has been good. Austin Reeves just hasn't been what a lot of people thought he'd be. I was hesitant about him, but I think he's been worse than I expected. Um, I prefer team one in this trade. Um, so, yeah, because I, I just don't think that um, you're maximizing Brooke Lopez by punting blocks. Um, 12 team, nine cap. Bruce Brown for Austin Reeves. I'm taking Reeves. 12 team. Nine cat, Zion Williamson, Walker Kessler. This one depends a little bit more on team bill. I think I would actually prefer Walker Kessler in this. Um, The minutes haven't really been there this year, but I think the talent is just too good as a shot blocker. I know we value shot blocking heavily. Um, This one's close. I think it, it really does depend on team build, but Zion's injury history scares me a lot. Um, So, Kind of hard to say. I like. I feel like I want to say Walker Kessler, but then also part of me is saying Zion. So <sighs> maybe it is Zion. I think it's pretty even. I'm just gonna say it's pretty even. Uh, obviously, points 
you're getting like from Zion way more. You're getting way more blocks from Walker Kessler. Neither is a good free throw shooter, but Zion isn't really helping you with free throws. Um, Zion's giving you more assists. Uh, or excuse me, neither of them are helping you with free throws, but Walker Kessler is only shooting like one or two per game, whereas Zion's shooting like 10. Zion's getting more turnovers. Walker Kessler isn't. Neither are helping you with threes. It depends on the categories you need. Um, I think Zion's upside overall is maybe a little higher, but I think Walker Kessler, if you have a team built around him that's going to maximize his skill set, then I'd, I'd go Kessler. Um, 14 team, nine cats. Spencer Dinwiddie, Nick Richards, and John Collins for Fred Van Vliet and Jairus Walker. I'm probably going team two because Jairus Walker has the most upside and Fred Van Vliet is the best player in this trade. I think you're you're getting the best player and the most upside for three kind of mid pieces. Like John Collins isn't the player that he was a few years ago. Nick Richards is a backup center. And Spencer Dinwiddie's had some bad games and some good games this year. We kind of know generally that we're, what we're going to get, even if it's kind of inconsistent. I think I'd uh, prefer team two here. Jeremy Sohan and Yaka Kongwu from Mark Williams and Ben Simmons. Um, Akangu and Mark Williams, I probably value around the same, even if Mark Williams is starting right now. Um, again, <laughs> who knows? Maybe it'll be like five more years of Clint Capella as the starting center, but it wouldn't shock me if it's at this time next year. Like, it feels like we've been saying that for years, but kind of a wash. I like Jeremy Sohan's upside. Ben Simmons, obviously a really good talent, but he, he's missing a lot of time again. It's just hard to, like, it was a buy low for a little bit, and now it's kind of like a, Man, even when he's he came out and showed what he can do, like another injury, it's just it really stinks uh, for him. And like, hopefully he can have like a a nice season where he like is relatively healthy, like doesn't miss long periods of times. Like miss games here and there, doesn't miss long periods of times. It really stinks for him because he is like a really awesome talent. But it's hard for me to bank on that and bank on him being healthy when Jeremy Sohan's right there and. Okongwu and Mark Williams are kind of a wash. I'd probably take team one here. Um, I think that's a smarter move. And that is the last trade I have. I know that I've, again, received a few more tweets um, with more trades that I'm going to try and reply to on Twitter. Um, But I wasn't able to get them into the slides before I made them. Um, But that, I think, is just going to have to do it for this episode. I know I said a couple weeks ago that I was hoping to get uh, some more guests on soon um, with the holidays coming up. I might be able to get one or two in December, but I think we're going to try and hit the ground running in January, um, get some cool guests until then. Just going to try and give you the the weekly episode, maybe a little heavier on dynasty just because it's kind of what I'm feeling like doing right now, but maybe we'll do some redraft stuff as well um, and get some guests if we can. Um, but I'm hoping to start doing, I guess maybe, just hitting the ground running a little harder in January once we kind of get through the new year. But um, that's going to do it for this episode. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at NoRubin22. I uh, follow Fantasy Basketball International at FBI Basketball on Twitter. Um, check out the website, fbi-basketball.com. Trying to think if there's anything else you can do, I guess, like, rate, subscribe, share, comment, everything helps out a ton. Um, But that's going to do it for this episode. So thank you for listening. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.